Time to talk some Titans football, NFL discussion as well. And Greg's presented by Turner Security. When you turn to Turner Security, you can leave your security issues at the door. TurnerSecurity.us for more information. Greg, another week uh, in the NFL and and more questions about this Titans team after the result that we saw against the Cleveland Browns. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jonathan. How are you? Doing doing very well. Um, where where did you start in your film evaluation? Was it more about the Browns being a step ahead of what the Titans were doing defensively, or were the Titans not keeping up because they didn't have the personnel to do so? Well, I started by looking at the Browns' offense versus the Titans' defense because ultimately that was the story of the first half. Now, you know, two turnovers certainly do not help, and we know that the Titans are not necessarily built philosophically to play come-from-behind football. Right. Uh, and when when you see a, a half like that where the opposing quarterback throws for 290, to me you've got to look at individual plays because there are a number of big plays. And then I try to find out why those big plays happened. Because the, really in the NFL, what most offenses are trying to do, and, and philosophically there's different approaches, but what most offenses are trying to do is create explosive plays. And what most defenses do not want to give up are explosive plays. So uh, there were too many of those in the first half. And we know there's a couple of things when you get right down to it that are always problematic for the Titans' defense and that any given week could become a factor in the game. Number one, they can't rush the quarterback. And number two, they've got some concerns with coverage in the secondary. And those two things are obviously both the paramount things in pass defense. And for the Titans, in any given week, those two things can become a problem. Do you find it interesting that Cleveland came out throwing as much as they did, with the given the offense and, and given the structure of how they're built offensively? Uh, yes and no, because I think we know how they're built philosophically, but we also know when they looked at the Titans' defense, I'm sure their coaches in, in film study, when they started uh, looking at the Titans' D, said, you know, wait a second, the, the tape is telling us two things. They can't really rush the quarterback, and they've got some concerns in the secondary, and and we feel that we can attack those concerns. And how do you do that? You do it through the use of personnel and formation. That's what what coaches look at. They don't just say, hey, let's just toss the ball over the yard. They they say, how can we uh, attack those those flaws and weaknesses? And, you know, to me, the Peoples-Jones 75-yard touchdown which, of course, came right after the Davis touchdown, the first play, when that made it 17-7. And I'm, I'm sure some Titans fans probably at that time felt, hey, we're right back in this game. You know, it's it's relatively early second quarter. But that Peoples-Jones 75-yard touchdown was a very, very clear example of how you use personnel and formation to dictate a matchup, and then you exploit that matchup. The Browns did such a good job exploiting the Titans' weaknesses David Long's inability to to get free on on some of those screen passes, borders that you're you're mentioning, um, the pass rush, and I know not everybody's got Cleveland's line, but but it's been no secret all season long that the Titans can't get to the quarterback. Does this offer more evidence for upcoming opponents here, Greg, on on how they should attack, or is all of this no secret? And Cleveland just happened to do. Uh, plan well, execute well, and maybe have uh, well-suited personnel to go after them? PK, I don't think it's a secret. People who watch tape know this. 
I mean, I, I look, I, I certainly can't study the way that coaches who are playing the Titans can study. You know, they have staffs of 20 who are doing this. I'm just one guy trying to do the best I can. And I've been telling you for weeks about these issues with the Titans defense. I'm sure Coach Mack can echo the exact same thing. So this was not news. You know, Cleveland just executed. Uh, let's put it this way. Cleveland stepped out of their basic philosophy to attack the weaknesses in the Titans' pass defense. So that tells you what they saw on tape. You know, and it's funny, you mentioned uh, David Long. I, I assume you're referring to that Chubb 26-yard screen reception on uh, on the second possession of the game. Yeah, where he ran into an offensive lineman. Right. Uh, yeah, there was but another see, that's one, that's a too. perfect example, again, of formation and personnel and formation setting that up because that was a play where they were – they had a closed formation to the boundary side of the field. That was, in a sense, the strength of the offensive formation. And they had a screen concept back to the field. And there was, and Long was man-to-man on Chubb. And he was the only defender there because of the personnel in the formation. So he did, there was nothing he could do. Uh, he was the only defender there. And there were two offensive linemen that got out in front. So that wasn't Long doing a bad job. That was long just being beaten by the design and structure of the play. And speaking of design and structure of plays, I've never seen a team more fooled on play action than the Titans were many times in this game with Baker Mayfield. Is he a quarterback you watch that's great with play fakes? And where is this Baker Mayfield more of the time? He was great on Sunday. He shows flashes of this at times. What did you make of his play and and what led to this against the Titans? Well, you mentioned the play action. When you play the Browns, you're very conscious, particularly when they line up in base personnel, which they do. I mentioned the Peoples-Jones 75-yard touchdown. That They had three tight ends on the field. Um, so when you play the Browns, based on your film study and then their use of personnel and formation, you're anticipating the running game. So when they play fake, you're, you're reading your run keys. It's all based on that, and, and that's how you react. But getting back to Baker Mayfield, he has games like this. In this game, he was incredibly decisive. He played within the timing and structure of the offense he, and his ball location, which can be erratic, but was a strength of his coming out of college. His ball location, Chad, in this game was really, really good. Um, but it was such a well-schemed passing game against the Titans defense that the reads were pretty easily defined and therefore the throws were defined and, and he but you still got to make them and he made them Greg Cosell with us presented by Turner Security we've been talking a lot here about Corey Davis but in, in this game and throughout the season it sure seems like Arthur Smith is just really good at calling stuff designing stuff and and looking to it at the right times that gets both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown the ball on the things that they do best yep. at the right times. Uh, how good is Arthur Smith at this? Yeah, well, there, uh, Corey Davis, we talked about this, I think, even in the, in the summertime, that Corey Davis, to me, is at his best running crossers uh, because he's a, he's a big, lanky wide receiver. He's not a burner, but he's got good speed and good build-up speed. So what you want to try to do is get him the ball on the move. And they do that exceptionally well. They run a ton of crossers. Um, they run the post-cross combination where he runs the crosser and Brown runs the post. Um, that, to me, is what Corey Davis is really good at, getting him the ball on the move, 
And uh, in this game, obviously, first of all, he's not going to get this many targets every week. They had to throw the ball more than they want to. Um, but his numbers now have, have been jacked up pretty good where it looks like he could get 1,000 yards this season. Um, but, no, they, they obviously had to throw the ball more than they wanted to in this game. I actually think Tannehill threw it well. I don't think there was anything wrong with their offense in, given the nature of the way the game played out. It's not the way they want to play offense. Henry only had 15 carries, and I'm assuming because Humphreys just went on IR, correct? Yeah, more concussion problems. Yeah, and because even in the third quarter and through much of the fourth quarter, being behind and having to throw it, they were still playing with two tight ends on the field a lot. So that told me that something was up with Humphreys. So I guess they don't have a ton of confidence in bats, and they don't feel like they have a third wide receiver that they feel feel really good about right now. Though he did make two big catches. So, in general, we talk so much about the, the the need for coaches to use guys towards their strengths, stay away from their weaknesses. Arthur Smith clearly understands yep. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Well, for sure. I mean, I, I agree 100%. I mean, we know we know what they try to do with Brown very often. They try to get him the ball on those those bang play-action inbreakers where he can use his strong run-after-catch ability. Um, I thought the 40-yarder, on, um, which I think was on their first TD drive, I think it was immediately followed by the Davis yeah, touchdown. Um, I thought that was a really good play call, understanding that the Browns love to play cover four. It's one of their foundational coverage concepts. And I thought they did a really nice job with um, uh, the combination of Davis working vertically from the slot and then Brown running the post outside of that. So Davis eats up the, the safety to that side, and then Brown runs the post versus a corner that's playing outside because it's his own concept. Greg, when the team trails by 31 at halftime, we know they're going to be throwing it a lot in the final two quarters. Um how did you think the Titans' offensive line held up against Cleveland's pass rush and Miles Garrett? For the most part, pretty well. Uh, I thought that's one thing that stood out watching the tape. You know, obviously you've got to throw it a lot. Um, and, you know, Garrett had that one sack, I, I guess it was in the fourth quarter. On That was the sack that really ended the game because that final drive of 15 plays, they were not going to win the game at that point. Um, but, yeah, that sack was on the drive right before that that ended it, and he did beat Quisenberry. Um, but I think for the most part, they held up pretty well. What do you make of Jacksonville? Um, one win, but, you know, whenever I – Whenever I'm looking at the final scores, I'm, I'm seeing who has possession late in the game. Jacksonville's in games. Yeah, they're competitive. Um, you know, I think that offensively, uh, you know, they're playing Glennon now. This, I assume he's going to go again. This yeah, will be his third is, start. He's been announced as the starter, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, he's, he's a professional quarterback. I mean, I don't think he played particularly well this week. I watched that tape. Um, and even when he's playing well, I think that there's a mechanical element to his game. I think he can function effectively in clean pockets. You need to make him feel pressure, get bodies around him, force him to speed up his decision-making and his mechanics. But that becomes an issue versus the Titans, who've not been able to generate any kind of meaningful pass rush. Um, I don't think Glennon was very good mentally in this past game against the Vikings. and That surprised me because the Vikings are not necessarily that difficult tactically. So I would expect that the Titans will probably do a lot of disguise and late movement to get him a little slow in his decision-making, and hopefully then they can get some bodies around him. Um, but uh, James Robinson has been really, really good for them. I mean, he's, he's a volume back for them. 
and, and he's going to get the ball. He's, he's very workmanlike. Uh, he's not shifty or elusive or explosive, but he's decisive. He's competitive. He has natural power. He finishes. He's become kind of a volume-sustaining runner in their offense. And then, you know, they have very capable wideouts. Uh, yep. Chark with a, a good quarterback would be really intriguing to watch, right? Yes, and the guy who I liked coming out, okay, and he's now getting the last two games he's getting a lot of snaps is Colin Johnson. And I think he's he's a big kid. Uh, he's smooth. He's fluid. He's got good overall athleticism. He's deceptively quick. He can work the boundary with his size, competitiveness, and hands. The last two weeks, he's played a lot of snaps, and I think you'll continue to see him get snaps. He's a tough cover, in my view. How are they using LaVishka Chenault? Is it is it like he was used in college? A little bit. Um, they use him on jet sweeps. We've seen him offset in the backfield. Um, he'll run routes just as a regular wide receiver. So he is used. You want to get him the ball where he has room. And that's why the jet sweeps, that's why using him. Look, they, they did a toss sweep to him when he was offset in the backfield. You want to get him the ball where he can generate velocity and power because he's about a 225-pound guy with a lot of power who can run. So you'll see him used in that way. So socks per play, we're seeing the, the second-worst team in the league statistically is, is Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati as bad rushing the passer as the Titans? Is that close? Are the Titans clearly the worst pass rush team in the league? Uh, you know, it's hard for me to make a list like that, PK. But I mean, I can just general tell you sense. The Titans can't rush the quarterback, so they're they're not good at it. I mean, you either you know, can or you can't. There is no list, right, Greg? Right. They they can't. They they don't rush the quarterback. They don't. And 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 again, it's not. Even though they're very low in sacks, I think they only have 14 for the season. It's not the sack number per se. It's they don't speed up the quarterback. Yeah. I remember having a really good conversation years ago with Dick LeBeau about pass rush pressure, and he's the one who really brought that to my attention because fans always look at sack numbers. And LeBeau said to me, he said, it's not about the sacks, it's about speeding up the quarterback. And the Titans don't speed up the quarterback. You know who can rush the passer? The New York Jets. How about that final play? Oh, stop <laughs> it. Come on. Come on now. That, that's, that's a layup. Come on. They were, hey, they were speeding up Carr. They did speed up. <laughs> he sped that ball right down the He field. ran right up into the pocket. He sped him up. Uh, hey, the play before, though, he overthrew Aguilar, who was wide open. Yeah, that was the second most important play of the game. That's right. <laughs> hey, what what are you featuring this week on the matchup show, Greg? Um, the matchup show, the, the our big game this week, the, the B-block section will be Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Because I thought Josh mm-hmm. Allen, and I've watched every I think I've watched every snap of Josh Allen since his last year in Wyoming. Um, I thought he played, hands down, his best game as a pro on Monday night. And he is really playing well right now. So we're going to feature that game. Um, And Pittsburgh is an odd team. Again, we've talked about this with other teams. I, I personally don't believe you can throw the ball 50 times by choice in the NFL. I I just, again, that gets into that whole debate about the run game and its value, but I don't believe you can drop back over 50 times a game by choice. Greg Cosell of NFL Films joins us weekly. You can follow him on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. Check out the NFL Matchup Show as well, DVR that. That's what we do each week. It's a fantastic breakdown uh, visually uh, with what Greg talks about here. He does that for the entire league every Saturday and Sunday on ESPN and ESPN2. Greg, thank you as always, and we will catch up soon. 
All right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Greg Cosell, presented by Turner Security. 615-737-1045, number. Chad, we're an hour away from our visit with Jeff Monken. It is Army-Navy week. It is indeed, and uh, it's on. Uh, it's at Army's campus. Usually a game that's yeah. on a neutral site. This year, Army hosting the game. So looking forward to talking with Jeff Munkin, who does a lot of recruiting in the state of Tennessee. Casey, hang with us. You'll be up first on the phone. So we'll, we'll hit a variety of topics. We'll continue to talk Titans football. Midday 180 delivered by Edley's Barbecue, 104.5 The Zone. Listen to 